It's Kubrick's Universe, the Stanley Kubrick Podcast. Hi, Lloyd. We've been away, but now we're back. And welcome to a new episode of Kubrick's Universe. I'm your host, Jason Furlong, and we have the indefatigable Stephen Rigg manning the boards, tending to the socials, and generally keeping the bar stocked with spirits, high spirits, and otherworldly spirits. We'd like to start off by noting how shocked and saddened we were, along with all Kubrick fans, to learn about the death of Leon Vitali this past August 2022. Leon was, of course, assistant to Stanley for many years, in many ways his right-hand man. Leon was also an actor of great gifts, a man of many talents, and friend of this show. And we will be dedicating this episode and the whole series of interviews we did with him to Leon and his family. This is our third part of a six-part series of interviews which we conducted with Leon back in July 2018, in which we gently move from the British countryside of Barry Lyndon now to the icy tundra of the Overlook Hotel as Leon talks to us about his work and experiences while making The Shining. Right. So, well, after all right, after Barry Lyndon, you went off and you worked on some successful TV shows and another film. Of course, you mentioned Terror of Frankenstein, and you managed right. to get some time in in the edit suite of that film. And following That's that right. experience, you contacted Stanley. And um, yeah, my question is, uh, what did you say to him that ultimately started your career as a film worker uh, by offering you a job on The Shining? Well, we, you know, the thing was that we, we always somehow stayed in touch, you know, I mean, there would be the odd call from Stanley, just, you know, just how are you and what you up to and what have you. He, he always thought it was a bit weird that I, you know, was living in Stockholm, <laughs> but Sweden for its, for its size. I mean, when you think when I lived there, there's a population of 8 million people and most of it. A lot of it was rural, you know, and what have you. But it had a very vibrant uh, film industry. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to find ways of making their movies, and they were all very low budget movies, but they're still quality movies, you know. Right. They had a, a different approach, you know, uh, about how to do it, and uh, and and so it was a very quite a stimulating uh, place to be. And I actually, uh, my my wife was a, a costume designer of movies, and I actually worked as her assistant on a movie. Um, you know, so I was, I was sewing clothes on a sewing machine and I was washing them and ironing them and fitting them and God knows what. <laughs> and, and, you know, so all that evolved in my conversations with Stanley. And one day I just, you know, out of the blue, um, a book came and I opened it up and it was from Stanley and it was that same little note on the front of the book that had been on the front of the of the audition piece that I'd had for Barry Lyndon, which was only this time it read, read this book. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I, I read The Shining in, in one and a half days. And it was so, so weird because the afternoon that I actually finished it, about three hours later, the phone rang and I picked it up and it was Stanley and he said nothing except so did you read it? Did you read it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, I read it. <clears throat> and what do you think? Well, you know, my God, what a story. And the real page turner. And, and you know, I mean, it, it sort of gave me the creeps and seemed to push all the buttons for what a, you know, a horror movie could be. And, um, of course, you know, I was still thinking in terms of horror movies as being kind of, little bit hammer films, you know, yeah, where yeah. it was all, you know, <laughs> Frankenstein and Wolfman and this right. very camp. Yeah. Uh, I had no, I hadn't sort of fixed on the fact that, okay, Stanley's sort of approaching this and, and it was going to be extremely kind of real and naturalistic in, in, in a way, you know? And, um, so he just said, great, I'm glad. And, you know, so how would you like to go to the States and find, the boy to play Danny. Wow. And, <laughs> and I thought, yep. yeah, how would I like to go to the States and find <laughs> the boy to play Danny? And, um, and so it, it kind of evolved about two or three months when they set up all the appointments, what have you, there were 4,000 kids to be seen in Denver and then Chicago and then in Kansas city, Missouri, because it was all mid America, which meant it was right. kind of right. accent, accent neutral put it that right. way yeah yeah you, know, you weren't getting pinned down by the south or southern accent or a new york accent or anything like that mm-hmm. you know and um and so that's what i did i interviewed and videoed four thousand kids in fact more because more kept coming along as we were in each city i was in chicago for three months you know and the original uh, you know the original auditions which were just the meeting and videotaping before you see, you know, before you say, okay, this looks like a possibility, let's start working with him. And the reason why I think he, he kind of thought of me to, to do this was because he, you know, I was, I was an actor and I was an improviser and he'd seen that. Mm-hmm. And what he wanted to do was to have somebody who could get on the floor with these kids yeah. and improvise with them mm-hmm. so that they would open up and show themselves rather than, you know, I mean, it didn't always work because some kids came with, you know, their hair was so lacquered, you know, mm. if you touched it, you, it would, you could prick your finger on it, you know, <laughs> and um, <laughs> really, really. And so 
they're in their little suits and what have you. Yeah. But every now, every now and then, you know, a real kind of uh, original came in, but nobody more original than Danny. All I thought about is. What? <laughs> what? What do you think about? What? All I thought about is what my mom and my dad was gonna buy me. Gonna <laughs> buy you? For what? With all that money. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. And did you? Do you know how much? Did you know how much you were going to be earning per week? No, really, I didn't. Did they know, tell you? I didn't know really how much I was gonna. I didn't. I didn't know really I was gonna earn any money. No, no I just thought I would just get a two dollars or so. Yeah, so. A bit of pocket money. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so now I know I probably have five or five or six hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we found him quite early on in the process, actually, and so for a lot of the time it was looking for someone who would be. In case that didn't work out, yeah, 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 you know, you know, so you know, it was it was fascinating. It was so fascinating because what what I understood and what I realized from all this was, you know, when you try and get a a four, five, six, seven year old, you know, and you 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 want them to focus on something specific, they they can do it for about ten minutes before they need mm-hmm. you know to break away from it and get mm-hmm. distracted, you know. And it's it's a purely subconscious thing for them, you know. Right. Um, but if if they get interested themselves naturally for what it is they're doing, they can go on endlessly. And that's yeah. what happened with Danny. You know, yeah. he he would he never broke his focus, which was remarkable when you think of how young he was. Yeah. You know, once we we started improvising and playing little sort of situations that were in existing in the story, you know, it was just crazy the way that it was also focused and how he put himself right there. You know, he wasn't acting so much. What he was doing was, I was yeah. sort of used to explain to these kids it's about pretending, you know, pretending. Yeah. And when, yeah. when kids pretend they are doing it for real. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Exactly. You know, it's not acting, well, it's like, it's know, being. they're pretending. It's being, exactly. Your mum has said that when you're at home playing with your friends, you like to play a movie making. Is that true? Right. And also, my friends like to play it, but they don't really understand. Well, what do you understand about movie making? Well, they say, you think you're smart, don't you? You know? Well, you know... And I admit, I admit, that I do think I am. Well. <laughs> and, and, and Danny was, it was completely phenomenal. He was so phenomenal. And uh, he really sort of, you know, what can I say? He, he kind of put himself, <laughs> he put himself there and there was no one really that came near him out of all those kids that I did see. It was yeah. absolutely stunning. Well, yeah. I'd, I'd be willing to bet uh, that given the uh, experience you had with uh, David Morley, that Stanley probably saw that. And I am just uh, throwing this out there. I, I was told I, I was told that I was told by somebody that's exactly what it was. He'd seen it me makes perfect how sense. I with, you with David Morley and, and that's what gave him the first idea. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, Stanley. Nobody else. Okay, we're good. Yeah, okay. Daddy, go listen to Stanley. Good. I think the last three were quite good. I think the last two were the better, previous two. Okay, let him go. No, he's gonna... Let's play back the last four takes. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't let's see him. Oh, get out of the way. Well, Dan was obviously the perfect, uh, you know, choice. Dan Lloyd was... I, I can't imagine. I, I'm about the same age as him, so, you know, growing up watching that... And I had the same bowl haircut, you know, kind of thing. And, and, I, had, and, yeah. and I had a, a three-wheeler, which in America we called a big wheel. Um, right, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I cannot imagine. Uh, to me, he sets the standard to this day for the best performance I've ever seen from a child actor. Why don't you want to talk about it? I'm not supposed to. Who said you ain't supposed to? Tony. Who's Tony? Tony's a little boy that loves my mouth. Is Tony the one that tells you things? Yes. How does he tell you things? like I go to sleep and he shows me things but when I wake up I can't remember everything does your mom and dad know about Tony yes do they know he tells you things no Tony told me never to tell him has Tony ever told you anything about this place about the Overlook Hotel? I don't know. Now think real hard, Doc. Think. Maybe he showed me something. Try to think of what it was. Dralyn, are you scared of this place? No, scared of nothing here. It's just that, you know, some places are like people. Some shine and some don't. I guess you could say the Overlook Hotel here has something about it that's like shining. Is there something bad here? Mm. As a lot of people know, you know, there were other people considered for the role of Jack Torrance, including De Niro, uh, Harrison Ford, yes. and Robin Williams, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Is all of that true? I heard about the. Yeah, I, I heard it, Robin Williams was in, in consideration, yeah, under consideration. And I, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because mm. 
I truly do think Stanley would have taken notice of him from when, you know, he became, you know, a phenomenon, a phenomenon you know. Yeah. And he would have, you know, and he would have seen how sharp and how alert Robin Williams was. And he would have seen that the possibilities because of his openness, you know, he's a very open person, you know, uh, as, as you can imagine. I mean, when it came to, oh, that side of him, of course, he had his, 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 his you know, his sad, dark secrets. But, um, you know, he, he was such an instantaneous performer. You know, rather, rather in the mold of, of Peter Sellers, you know, Stanley loved about Peter Sellers was that maybe for four or five days when he was actually playing the you know, strange love, the actual character, strange love, you know, nothing, 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 nothing. And then one day, for some reason, when Sellers walked on set, everything was happening. So Stanley, you know, he learned to put cameras, you know different four or five cameras, you know, to shoot right. him at every angle for whatever he was doing on, on those days. And then he just sat back and let sellers go, you know, he just let him drift. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it, it was, um, it was a <laughs> pretty damn funny and, and, and scary at the same time. And I think he would have felt that he could have perhaps approached it in the same way, you know, um, with, uh, Robin Williams, you know, that, he probably wouldn't be on be on every day, but when yeah, he was on, yeah. he was on. You know, I, I'm uh, currently so. reading uh, the new biography uh, called Robin by Dave Itzkoff, and uh, he's a great writer. He's written. If you've ever seen the film Network, of course you have. With the uh, oh Matt yeah, Hell, my yeah, he's oh, written yes. a book called yes. Mad as Hell, which is uh, a fantastic read. And his new one is about Robin. And uh, in the early chapters, uh, I'm learning so much about how he really uh, cut his teeth as an improviser in comedy troops. And there's a lot of people uh, telling stories about how they just couldn't keep up with him. So for you to say that Stanley seen that spark in him as something malleable, something he could have worked with, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yes, 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 absolutely. But then, you know, when you look at Jack, I mean, you look at that performance now, and, and for me, anyway, I kind of think, well, no one else could have done it, yeah, <laughs> strangely. No, I can't, I can't, I can't uh, disagree he, with that. Now, he owns it, doesn't he? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a, you know, it's quite riveting when he's on screen, you know, especially that when he and Shelley have that confrontation and, in, 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 you know, yeah, uh, in the, the lobby of the hotel, you know, when he, you really know that Jack has actually snapped. Now there's no turning yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the terrifying is the creepy realization that now we've gone beyond stopping point. You know, that yeah, I just it just crept me out. It really did. Well, I've, you know? I heard it said that that you know uh, Jack's performance in The Shining more or less uh, imbued itself into pretty much the rest of his career's work. And when, when I learned that, I went back and I looked at, you know, you see him play Jack Napier in Tim Burton's Batman. He's the, you know, the Joker. Right. And yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see yeah. Jack Torrance in that. You could even see it in films like As Good As It Gets. There's a scene when his yeah, neighbor, his neighbor is a, a, a home invasion and the police are there and they just want to answer and ask him questions. And Nicholson has right. this line where he says, uh, 
hey, what are you asking? What are you harassing me for? Why don't you go shake down a, a 7-Eleven for a day-old wiener? And it, <laughs> it, it's a great line. And it's, it's Jack. And line, it's, also, yeah. it's also a little bit of Jack Torrance just kind of like at his, at his tipping point. You yeah, know? right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I obviously, think, you, you just said something I, I hadn't really been aware of. Because the next film I saw Jack in after The Shining was Witches of Eastwick, and which I just was, was a riot, you know? It yeah. was a riot for me. I thought it was just a brilliant, wonderful tour de force of a movie, you know? Absolutely. You know, almost fairy tale, you know, in, in its way. But um, beautifully executed, and everyone everyone was so good in their role. You know, everybody, everybody. I think he won the uh, best supporting actor uh, Oscar for that. I could be wrong. I think that might have been one of his. Uh Stephen would know, but at at any rate, you know, well, one of our great contributors and researchers and all around great guy uh, is named uh, Mark Lentz. And um, uh-huh. oh, thanks, James. Uh, James has just let me know that it, uh, 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 Jack, in fact, won for Terms of Endearment. Endearment, yeah, right. Yeah, that's the one best supporting. So anyway, Mark, uh, you know, is uh, a huge. The Shining is his uh, Stanley movie. All of them, of course, but his question I think is interesting, and it's about the differences between the American and the European version. Um, the latter right, being right. shorter. Right. Now, people tend to prefer the version that they saw first. Now, could you tell our right. listeners why there were two different versions uh, presented um, to America and Europe? Yes, yes, I can. You know, it comes back to this thing, uh, you know, that, you know, Arthur C. Clarke said it in a, in a documentary they were making about 2001, I remember way back and he said that stanley was you know an artist and an artist never finishes a work he abandons it you know mm-hmm. generally you know he you know this thing about knowing when to stop painting you know and um i know that there'd been such a heavy marketing campaign about the release date it was so pinned down to a release date and stanley had got the american what we call the u.s version uh, in those days and even now, I suppose, um, you know, he'd got, he'd got it down there. And also he had to, this show was booked to screen a can that year. And there was also an extra scene on the end, you know, where, uh, Shelley is a scene between, uh, Shelley when she's in hospital after having escaped the Overlook hotel and, right. you know, the manager of the Overlook hotel, and when he comes to visit her and there's a kind of, twisty kind of ending to the whole thing. And um, Stanley sort of took it, you know, after those screenings and the fact that he was released in in the States, but he still wasn't really happy with it, you know? And it was one of those things where Stanley decided, well, the end scene, you know, as nifty as it was, you know, actually left you kind of cold, you know? Yeah. Whereas the way, you know, living it on that, Jack is a part of a 1922, whatever it was, a New Year's ball, you know, photograph, you know, kind of makes you go, ah, oh. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he is a part of that, he's a part of that character, which was the hotel, you know? Right, right. Um, 
And then, of course, what he was also needed, felt he needed to do was to, in the opening scenes, you know, when they're touring the hotel room and what have you, um, he, he kind of, they, they were trekking all over the place. I mean, and if you look at the American version, I mean, the scenes are very long, walking through each room with, you know, very, very intricate explanations about what everything meant and, you know, mm-hmm. what the background behind it was, blah, blah, blah. And I think Stanley thought, well, in, in the end, this is kind of too much detail and we need to get down to the, the mm. nitty gritty of it. Right. And I, and, and that's why, uh, that's basically why he wanted to carry on working with it and come up with this. Uh, I mean, if, if he hadn't been able to do it, if he hadn't been able to sort of do it in a way that satisfied him, the American version would have been the one that had gone out, you know, but yeah. he actually found that by, by, you know, cutting it shorter and, you know, it becomes more packed with you loading mm. it in a, in a trust away, you know, it's it, with more kind of substance, uh, in, in, instead of, you know, dissipating with long explanations and, and, you know, about the hotel and what have you. And so, you know, what he thought was, and I think it probably worked, you know, was that you've got, you, you've got to that point where, okay, now they're on their own quicker. Right. You know, which right. is where you want to be really, you know? Right. Right. And, right. um, yeah. And he economical or economical storytelling, yeah. but also, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Omitting, omitting exactly. that, which is not necessary. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and cutting out all the over explanation and, you know, it's another one of Kill Your Darlings, you know. I mean, exactly. Thank you, know. you. I was just about to yeah. say that. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. A, bril- a brilliant move, a brilliant brushstroke to finish off the painting. Yeah. So now this mm. is a, a, a tangent, but what do you remember about the uh, the famous Elstree studio fire in uh, early 1979? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> that, um, yes. Don't, don't answer I mean, it, if it's too raw. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, it was, we had, coincidentally, we just finished shooting on that set probably about a week or maybe, maybe a little longer, 10 days or something before. And, you know, there was a lot of, um, we used it, it was being used as a storage uh, place um, for, you know, like all the formaldehyde snow, you know, snow. Uh, that was we had to sort of keep pumping out, you know, and and um, and as you know, I mean, you know, formaldehyde has a <laughs> you've only got to show it a, a, a match and it'll probably go up. Yep. And yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, it just happened. I mean, we towards the end of the we'd almost wrapping, you know. Well, I think we had just wrapped, and then suddenly an alarm went up and. Wow. You know, and suddenly you saw, oh, my God, stage three, is it really is going up in flames. And it was fierce. Believe me, it was so fierce. Yeah. And and it was funny that sort of the next day, you know, we were sort of talking about it because it's such a huge thing to happen, you know. Yeah, of and one of the things that we remembered was, you know, there was this VW bus. Um, you know, we used VW vans and what have you as part of the transport and it was parked right outside that stage and we were trying to move it. And of course the wheels were locked in a turning you know, circle. Right. Uh, we couldn't find the driver or the keys. So we, we were trying to push it. And of course, the more we pushed it, the more we were just 
pushing it back to a place <laughs> where we, we were pushing it from, you know. And it was those kind of things that resonated more than anything else. I mean, yeah, and I think it was that, a way to find a way. That's the stuff you remember. And, you know, and, but what was also strange, you know, Scatman, he, uh, Scatman Carruthers, he wore this um, aftershave, which was. So that's what caused the fire. <laughs> yes, what did it press the fire? Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm sorry, uh, go No, he had this, this aftershave, which was, I, I don't know how to express it. It was like five minutes in the room and you, you really were suffocating. It was like, you know, sort of standing next to maybe someone who poured a bucket of, you know, Chanel number five over themselves. So and, he swam you know, a few laps, it, like he swam a few laps <laughs> in it before? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, you know, I mean, you you could really smell Scatman coming, you know, I mean, not offensively, you know, I mean, just <laughs> no, think cool. coming. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the dressing rooms, dressing rooms were over stage three, his dressing room was. And when I went up, I sort of sneaked up to see from what was left of the building. So looking down and seeing it was like uh, a World War Two bomb. You know, right, some right. of those documentary things where you see there's nothing but rubble and there was an air conditioner that was twisted like an S. Yeah. That's how hot the heat was. But right. as I was walking along what was left of the corridors, the one thing you smelled was still Scatman's <laughs> house. <laughs> 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 Even after this fire destroyed everything, melted metal and God knows what, oh you could God. still smell that aftershave, man. <laughs> he left an impression, did Scatman, I have to tell you. <laughs> oh, weird. Oh, my God. Oh, weird. So it was those, those kind of things which were, you know. And then, of course, all the theories started coming out like, oh, you know. You know, this was, um, you know, oh, my God, how spooky, you know, the set burned down and we just finished shooting on it. And then it was like, uh oh, wait a minute. That's a coincidence. And then you go all these conspiracy theories. And then, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it so was James, never James, ending. <laughs> James has a theory that 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 Scatman actually was on his way to filming uh, The Smelling, which was <laughs> just like one stage away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Thanks, James. Well, you you wrote a little bit of a song about Stanley Kubrick. Oh yes, yes. One day, one day I walked on the set, and I says to Stanley, I says, Stanley says, uh, would you mind if I wrote a tune about you? And he is somewhat a little shy. He says, No, Scott, I'd be delighted. I says, Thank you, because I've already written. <laughs> and he kind of laughs. He says, Yeah. Now to show you how concerned he is, he says, uh, What's the title of the tune that you written for me? I said, Well, the title of the tune is Stanley, and in parentheses, does it all. He says, uh, Could I hear a few bars of it? I said, Sure. So I took him over to this table where Jack was doing all this typing. So I said, Now here's where it goes. I said, I'll sing you a few bars of it. Do shoot beam the do shoot ding do shoot ding the do. There's a man do ding do shoot ding the do shoot ding. Living in London town shoot ding the do shoot ding the do shoot ding the do. Makes movies 
Shubing the boom, shubing the boom. He's a worry now. Shubing the boom, shubing the boom, shubing the boom. Yes, he's really got the fame. Stanley Kubrick is his name. He does it all. Shubing the boom, shubing the boom, shubing the boom. He does it all. Shubing the boom, shubing the boom, shubing the boom. I'm telling y'all. Shubing the boom, shubing the boom, shubing. Stanley does it all. Shubing the boom, shubing the boom. He's a writer. He directs. He produces his projects. He's the man behind the lens. And Stanley always wins. He's the man who looks ahead, can make you think he raised the dead. Edison cuts all his flicks. He's a genius with his tricks. He does it all. Shoom ding doom, shoom ding doom, shoom ding doom. He does it all. Shoom ding doom. Man, he flipped. No, I did too. <laughs> and his daughter, his daughter Vivian, she was doing the documentary film. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, document behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Yeah. So she said, now, Scat Man, when you finish your movie, said, now, when I interview you, you will have to do the tune that you have written for my father. So the tune is in the documentary film. If she ever releases it, she's bad as her father. I don't know when she's going to release it. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that there are some major record company people around here to make a great release. Oh, yeah. But I had a line where it says, uh, it was not a silver lining. Wait until you see the shining. A revelation to behold that will chill the young and old. He does it all. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, it's a true. All right. Last last question about The Shining. Real quick, okay. you know, if, or, or expound on it if you like. You know, all the chatter yeah, over the years about uh, 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 the, the, the chair is missing and the, this. And, so are oh, we talking yeah. continuity errors, basically, you know, just filmmaking stuff or, you know, what's what's no, I'll tell, what, tell you what we're talking about. We're talking about Stanley looking through. I mean, every. For Stanley, every picture was for itself, you know? I mean, if 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 there was a continuity that then was fitted and then it worked and what have you. But if you look at any movie, I mean, you could really sort of, if you really looked at any movie, you'd see the continuity very often is shifted around. You know, a plant that was in the background on another angle would be shifted more to the left to keep including it on a, a cutaway, for instance, or... Whatever. And when we were shooting that scene, you know, we shot a scene and we shot it several times. It was several takes, you know, and the chair was there. And um, and then Stanley sort of looked at, you know, he looked at it through the lens again. And he said, take that chair away a minute. And so they took it away and he said, yeah, OK, now just leave it out there. And then they'd say, oh, continuity, Stanley. And he'd say, oh, come on, you know, I mean, you can overdo so those things. I mean, this is. You know, this is, uh, you know, we're doing this now. We're getting this now. And, right, you know, right. when people watch the movie, you know, some will notice, some will not, you know. Uh, but it was. Thank you, Leo. As I, when, when, it when, for good. When I, when I worked on, on, on timing and, 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 and what have you, the one thing that I always thought about and always carried in my mind was every, well, I always say every frame is sacred, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And. For Stanley, you know, every setup was, was kind of sacred. Whatever fixed, uh, you know, he wanted to make in between setups and shots and God knows what, you know, was there for a reason. It wasn't negligence, you know. There were, you know, there are sometimes often, you know, kind of, um, what can you say, uh, mistakes in, 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 in continuity and or people who think, well, nobody will notice that. And don't worry yeah. about it. I mean, it's 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 so fluid. 
when you're in in the situation is so fluid and you're working in the moment in the moment in yes, the moment yes 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 you know and as and as viewers and, it's still fluid because whether you're paying attention to those things or not it feels fluid and that's the ultimate testament yes. to a piece of art yeah no ab- absolutely and when you kind of fit in you're fitted for the shining because you know you know were you there or are you not there is right. it real or is it you know whatever is going on at the time that sort of makes something different or 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 change or whatever it is so i mean you could also counter with so what <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know, so what i mean you look at the bathroom you know where grady takes jack i mean it's so out of out of everything else the, the hotel the architecture of the hotel and everything. Right. I mean, it's obviously now, I mean, contemporary at the time mm-hmm. it was shot. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the hotel was built, you know, the, the, the end and the beginning of, uh, you know, the, the end of the 19th and beginning right. of the 20th yeah. century. Right. right. You know, and, and so it kind of, it fitted. And, you know, if you want to talk about it, talk about it. That's fine. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, 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 at the end, it's like so. What? It's it's that's more Stanley for you if it's what you choose mm. to make of it or not. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's it's it, it, when someone like Stanley, when something like that happens, and you know, people get the bit between the teeth. But if you look at Full Metal Jacket, you know, when the when they're throwing the tanks up, uh, you know, and, and walking into um, Way City, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's an explosion, uh, the mortar fire in front of the tanks that kills right, right. L- lieutenant, you know. Yep, the, and the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, there's three cuts and those are repeats of the same explosions, the same places. But mm-hmm. do you notice it? No, I don't right, think so. You know? Right, right. Brilliant. You know, and and it's not, it's 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 used all the time in, in you know, filmmaking where, you know, you make these little changes or you don't. You know, depending mm-hmm. on on the situation and what have you, and it's not uncommon. In fact, it's very common. But I guess when people sort of pick Stanley's movies apart and they say, "Oh, wait a minute," <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right, and which they're willing to do, you know, yes, which they're willing to do, and so it, it it becomes something significant where it it needn't be, you know. We'd now like to play you a recording from the archives in which Leon spoke to several members of the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society. This was recorded on December 30th, 2019, just before the COVID pandemic hit, and it originally aired in April 2020. Here's an abridged version. We came up with this idea to call several members of the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society and ask them two questions. The first being, what drew you to Stanley Kubrick? And the second being, if you could ask Leon Vitale one question, do you know what it would be? What follows are the recordings of the second question where we surprised our members and listeners by hooking him up with Leon himself to ask him a question. This will always be one of my personal favorite things we have ever done. And it was all thanks to Leon, who was in on the joke, of course, that it went as well and as funny as it did. This is how I will always remember Leon. Hello. Is Hello. this Ollie? It hey, is. Is this yeah. Ollie? Hey, how you doing, it man? Is. It's just... cool. about. Right on. It's Jason Furlong and the gang from Kubrick's yeah. Universe. I've... I thought I'd guessed it was you lot. 
So, yeah, okay, man, th- yeah. thanks so much for taking part of the show. So, no problem. you know, obviously, as a lifelong fan of Kubrick's, I'm sure you're familiar with his uh, longstanding right-hand man, the great Leon Vitali. Certainly. Did you get a chance to see Film Worker, the documentary? I did, yes, and uh, recently brought a copy of it as well when I went to the exhibition, Sunday Kubrick exhibition, because, uh, yeah, I loved it very much. Nice. What did you think of it? You did, You loved it? Yeah, it was just fascinating to, to hear it really from the man who we don't hear from enough, really. Mm. Um, we never heard enough from him, just the occasional interview coming up on, on I always wanted to hear much more about uh, how he felt when he was working with Kubrick and what his role really was. Well, let me ask you a question. If, uh, if, you, did, if you ever had the chance to speak with Leon, do you, know if, do you know what question you would ask him? I think I do, yes. <laughs> you do? Yes. You know what? Hang on a second. Okay. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hey, is that Leon? It is. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Absolutely. Always great to hear your voice, my friend. We've got uh, a good friend uh, named Ali Oz Edwards on the line. You want to say hi? Absolutely. Hi. Hello, Leon. Very, very nice to talk to you. Yes, it's uh, yeah, nice to talk to you, too. Well, given given your recent viewing of Film Worker, Ali, is uh, there a specific question that comes to mind? You can take a moment to think about it, but feel free to ask Leon. He's happy to answer. Sure. Um well, I mean, I'd be slightly honest about myself. I, I used to, I was a very aspiring filmmaker when I was young. Um, I went to college mm. and then ended up at university as well to study it. Um, unfortunately, I, I wasn't very well for quite some time. Um, I won't go into that. And, and everything mm. took a bit of a back step for quite some time. And I've kept up with the industry. I've kept up with learning about lenses and cameras and the latest movements. And uh, right. I, I, I still want to get my career going myself, really. And, and even if it's just doing what you did straight in at the ground up and working all the way up to, to, to do whatever I can do, what would maybe would be your advice to someone who's had a bit of a setback for a number of years and just really wants to go gung-ho and get going again, just, just in the same route that you went when you originally did it? Um, well, um, well, my, I had an advantage a little bit in that I was a, an actor, so I was kind of in at that end of it. Uh, from the very beginning and uh, it was by the, the grace of whoever it is up there that I actually met Stanley and worked for him as an actor and that's that's where that sort of opened up for me but I would say the same thing as I've, I've said to lots of people aspiring people you know who want to make films or be involved with it in some way and that is you know love love for, love for it is one thing and it's very valuable commodity to have but i think the only thing that uh that compares with that is perseverance and your belief in in what you want to do and it, it's really there's no set formula for it you know and i wish there was <laughs> but mm. there, there yeah. isn't and i think i think it's very much a you know sort of eyes and ears job and um you know keep tracking and keep sort of trying to keep a 
in touch with what's actually going on and, and, and whatever you want to do, you know, I mean, there's, there are ways in, I suppose, sort of working as production assistants, which, you know, it's not a, a, you know, it's not a career sort of life choice, but it's a way to get in. Um, and it, it you know, may not pay, you know, um, or may only pay expenses at first, but it would be, genuinely well worth it to get involved in, in some way like yeah. that well luckily i've got some opportunity i live in stratford upon avon so with the theater around there's, there's many opportunities to get in touch with people i think and maybe start networking yes. and, and keep it up um in that respect absolutely and and, and you know I think I, I know a lot of people who've come from, you know, absolutely divorced from, you know, the notion of working in films until they got interested. They've had no kind of contact with it whatsoever, but uh, somehow they've managed to squeeze themselves in, and you know, and it's it's a it's a it's it's a great. I won't tell you it's lovely all the time. <laughs> I can imagine, but it's so. Re- is so so rewarding. I mean, it really is. I mean, just to know that you're a part of something creative and, and something that you know will will you know, have a resonance with many mm. many people. It's just mm. to keep keep talking and keep listening and and you know, with that in mind, and hopefully you'll be able to make some kind of contact. But I've got, I've got to say, you, you you live in my, one of my old stamping grounds because that's mm. really where my, my interest started. Was you know, we used to get taken to the theatre at Stratford a lot, <laughs> so you know it's something that is, is almost in my blood. Mm. That's why I was quite taken aback when I was watching film work and I saw the shot of the street with the dirty duck just up from the theatre. I just immediately went, hang on, that's Stratford. <laughs> that's where I live. <laughs> it's a lovely place to live, I think. I love it. Mm. Well, it's interesting because yeah, yeah. you'd actually explained during the podcast that you, you explained how it was lovely in the evening when the sun was setting, but sometimes it was quite often raining at this point. And just as you were saying that, I was looking out of my window of my house my flat sorry and it was just that weather <laughs> it was raining and everything <laughs> yep he's absolutely right <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a chance to talk with him exactly and this, this is amazing it's a great experience this to actually be able to talk to someone i very very much admire well i am gonna turn you loose uh, let you gentlemen say so long to each other perhaps we'll get yep. a chance to do it again great Ali, okay. I can't thank you enough for uh, being part of the call. We're going to uh, no problem. We're going to sign off and uh... thanks very much, Leon. It's been really nice talking to you, and I, I can't can't wish you enough of all the best. And I hope that you achieve something that you feel proud of. Thanks ever so much. That's great of you to say. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone. That was that was fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Our pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, thanks, Leon. Oh, That's great. Welcome. I mean, sweet, sweet. What a nice guy. Yeah, uh, all right, and we kept that under the time limits. Perfect. So, uh, Stephen, who do we got next? We got next James Robert Sherman in the USA. I'm not sure exactly where, but his uh, phone number starts with 415. I think he's California. I think he's up in the San Francisco area. San Francisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if he lives in Haight-Ashbury. 
<laughs> I don't know. There's, pro- there's probably a Starbucks there now where all the hippies used to, you know. Many, um, many of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm there's, calling him now. Sorry. Uh, calling him now. If he's on the, if he's waiting for the call, he'll be uh, picking up. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey, is this James? Yes. Who am I speaking with? You're speaking with Jason from the Kubrick's Universe podcast. How's it going, buddy? Oh, Jason. That's right. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, I saw Unknown, dude. And so it's like I get always, I always get these, uh, the you know, the telemarketers and shit like that. So it's like, yeah, what can I do for you, man? Yeah, exactly. No, well, I mean, I'm glad you picked it up. You know, it could have been a bill collector, but uh, no, we, we, we got you. <laughs> we got you. I'm glad you picked up. So we're okay. doing this. We're doing this cool segment. You know, we think it's cool. Um, real quick, say hi to uh, 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 Stephen, the producer. He's on the line too. Stephen Rick. Stephen Rick. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. There. Oh, hey, hey, Stephen. I've seen your name a million times. I've seen yours a million times, Jason. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, very man. good, James. Thank you. Yes. Well, I just want to mention Stephen, of course, founded the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? Eight over eight years ago now. And also, you know, like uh, two guys who've been essential in keeping that group, uh, the cream of the crop. I got on the phone with us, uh, James Marinaccio. Want to say hi, bro? Hey, James. Hey, James. Hey, James. How are you guys? Good. Nice to, nice to hear your voice. Now, now, James, you will know you will know James as Nick Fugazi on the uh, on the group. Oh yeah, Nick. I know Nick. Nick is James. James is Nick. Yeah, yeah. We call him we call him Nick James. <laughs> and uh hey mark mark lens one of one of the admins of course and a dear friend say hi man hi hey, james yeah mark mark lens junior admin <laughs> i know all you guys by name and reputation okay well james and i are james and i are also like it, it seems diehard bob dylan freaks so that's a cool exactly. thing too I'm wondering, did you ha- happen to see uh, that documentary about Leon Vitale called Film Worker? Oh, absolutely. I've seen it three times. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah, brilliant film. You really liked it? Oh, yeah, I really did. I, I loved I loved seeing Leon, uh, uh, who is, I think, a, a important figure, okay, in film history in the sense that his work, okay, and I think I said this several times when the reviews first came out, when I first saw the film, was, was that his his important work in restoring these artifacts of great art, human art, okay, is is just uh, just astounding. He's a hero to film culture. These films will be available to people in a thousand years because of Mr. Vitelli's work. So that's wow. I, I just he's my he's my hero as far as that goes. That's that's beautifully said, man. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Okay. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, I, I have a random kind of question to follow up with that. Sure. I, I'm just, we're wondering, like. I guess if you ever had the chance to ask Leon like one question, yes or no, do you do you think you know what it would be? Um I mean off the top of my head I have to give it a you know if I had a minute to think about it what would I ask him? Um I mean, don't, you know Don't give me the answer I, yeah, but think about it for a minute. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I try to, I try to, you know, I probably end up sounding like a fan buoy and, and really blowing it, but um, I could give it, yeah, I could give it some thought for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, if you want, just hang on for a second. Just bear with sure. me. Okay. Uh, cool. Sounds good. Okay. 
Hello? Hello? Hey, is this Leon? It is. Hey, what's up, oh bud? It's God. Jason. <laughs> Hi. Hi. What a surprise. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. Thank you very cool. much. Cool. We've got a, wow. a, a friend. <laughs> we got an old friend on the phone uh, who would love to say hi to you. And if that's okay, his name's James Robert Sherman. And he's north of you up in San Francisco. Right. Hi. 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 Oh, my God. How are you? <laughs> hi. Hi, Mr. Vitelli. Nice. It's an honor, sir. It's, a, it's an yeah, honor. Call, call me, wow. Call me okay. Leon. Call me Leon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how you doing? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm very good. Thank you. And, uh, and um, I did actually, I was a little bit worried because uh, there's a whole bunch of sirens went past just now. And I thought, my God, they'll probably think they're coming to take me away or something. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it now. I hear it now. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They finally got to you, right? They finally tracked you down they find, and they found yeah. you. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, oh you live mm. in Los Angeles. Is that right, sir? You live in Los Angeles? Is that right? Or yes, LA I do. area? LA area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, same thing do, with yeah. me. I live, I live near a hospital. Every time my mom calls, or you know, it's like the sirens are going off, and they go, "Jim, are you okay?" It's like, "No, mom, I'm cool. I'm cool. It's all right." <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> good. Good stuff. Well, we got you. We got you guys hooked up together for a few minutes. So, uh, if there's anything you want to ask Leon, feel free. Uh, Mr. Vitelli, seriously, and I know this is going to sound like a trite requ- uh, an- uh, question for you, okay? But have you caught up on all of your sleep? Have you finally had an opportunity to ca- catch up? Okay, I mean, I've seen the films. I've seen the articles, right? I've seen the reports and the stories and the people who tell stories of you and your efforts and your labors. Have you caught up on your sleep, sir? That really, I'm serious. I'm serious. No, well, well, I can honestly tell you that... I was probably in a natural fit for that job because I've always had a problem sleeping from when I was a child. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and you know, and, uh, my, my father died when I was very young. So they met my, my mom had to go and work, you know, and she used mm-hmm. to work. She was a nurse and actually passed. So she used to work nights and, uh, mm-hmm. at night and, and it was like a, a giant sort of abstract playground for me at that time. So I never, I never got to bed generally, you know, before midnight, <laughs> even as a child, you know? Wow. And, um, yeah. 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 So it was, it was a kind of a, it's just a thing I, I've grown into and, uh, and to be honest with you, no, I have yep. never caught up with my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what that means? You're still working. You're still working. You're still alive. You're still hanging in there. So it's like, yeah, that's all. That's all. You know, that's all for the best. You know, it's all for good. You were perfect for that job. You know, you were perfect for the job as a film film yeah. worker. And I love that. Yes, right. I love that. I love that. That that calling yourself that because it's like, yeah. You're a film worker, you know, and it was just, oh, I, you know, it was a great film, the great film that they did on you. And um, yeah, but it was pretty amazing. But, but you know, and I just want to say, and I said this earlier before I got on the phone with you, it's just like, I just want to thank you, sir. Um, a lot of the, you know, all of the restoration work that you've done since M- Mr. Cooper passed away, and it's, you, you, 
I just want to say thank you because it's like you've made available these these great works of art, okay, for future generations. A thousand years from now, people will be admiring and respecting the work that you put in, not just Mr. Kubrick's great work, okay, but the work you put in in restoring and making sure that these films are preserved for thousands of years. And I just want to thank you personally. I think, you know, God bless you for doing that, you know? Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's really yeah, nicely it, said. That's very yeah, nicely it, said, Jim. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's just like, because I just think that, you know, it's like, we don't do this. What it was I was reading the story? It was like, my God, how, how close were they to losing the original uh, 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 image of Dr. Strangelove? You know, and it's just like, you know, I've read the stories that are involved with that. And it's like, Dr. Strange was one of the great films of the 20th century. And it's like, how could that almost be lost? Okay, you know, how can the original of that almost be lost? You know, and so it's like film preservation and everybody who's involved with that just does, you know, some fantastic work. Mr. Scorsese, of course, who, who who's spent a lifetime working on that. But, you know, you're one of those folks right up there, okay, with preserving some of the greatest art of our, of our time. You know, so well, more power to you, more years to you doing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Apropos Dr. Strangelove and, and, and his relevance today, um, yeah. I actually I went to a <laughs> film festival um, <laughs> and we screened it. And um, this was you know, about a year ago, I suppose. And um, when I introduced the film, I said, well, it'll be interesting for me to see how much relevance you feel there is with uh, where we are today, especially mm-hmm. here in America. And, uh, and so <laughs> we watched the film, and when when uh, when the film was finished, and I went back on stage to do a Q and A, I've never heard such a s- silence in my life. It was absolutely <laughs> like a, a bunch of zombies. <laughs> oh my there. god! Yeah, it, it, it re- talk about really a was sign of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, almost yeah, 60 yeah. years later, and it's still relevant. You know, I mean, it's almost 60 absolutely. years later, and it's it's still absolutely relevant to to the current times. Not to be political, but yeah, it's it's a great statement. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, and I've, I've, I've other people have told me the same thing. I've shown this to people who are like my friends who have kids and stuff like that, and they're in their late teens and early twenties, and they're like, "Wow, I, I heard about the <laughs> film, but I never figured it was as relevant now as it as it was when it first came out." And I go, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So right. yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah. If not more yeah. so. It's not, not more, more so. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, listen, yeah. listen, Jim. It's been great to uh, to talk to finally hear your voice. We've been friends in cyberspace for quite some time. Oh yeah. Um, I I want to let you go, and uh, if you just if you guys want to say goodbye and so long, we'll hopefully <laughs> do it again someday. Mr. Vitelli, it's been an honor. Thank you, and thank you for all the work you've done. No, well, thank you, and 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 uh, thank you. You know. Uh, for your perception, it's uh, it's it's lovely to hear. It really is. I think and, that's. And I think you so maybe. I think, Mr. Vitelli. I think you may be the first person since my mom who said that. Thank you for for your perception. So I appreciate that, sir. <laughs> and I really. And you have a great day. And you, all of you. This thank has you. been. An, this has been great. This has been fantastic. Thank you, sir. Take care. Cool, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank right. you. Take care, bud. All right. Okay. Can uh, I hang up? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, but <laughs> yeah. all right, all right, you guys, you guys, take and also, also to all of you folks, all of you folks who are you know in the Kubrick Appreciation Society. Great job, my favorite group. I, Thanks, I love James. going there every day. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. All right, Thanks you guys, you. hang in there, hang Will in there. Do. Okay, I'll talk mm. to you guys later. Okay, bye. bye. Take care, bud. Bye. 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 Okay. Next up, 
James F. Davies. James F. Davies from Liverpool. Oh. Hi. Getting a lot of James around, don't they? (laughs) 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 Hello. 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 Hey, is this James? It's James, yeah. Hey, James, it's Jason and the gang from Kubrick's Universe Podcast. All right, man, you all right? How you doing, mate? Very good. Calling all the way from Liverpool. So... Listen, we, we've we've only got a few minutes with each of our guests, but we definitely we definitely have uh, you know a cool segment planned, and uh, you know you've 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 been a great member in uh, Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society. And um, did you see Film Worker? What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was, it was great. So you know, just a random thought off the top of my head is a question. I it's a yes or no answer. So. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've you've seen Film Worker. Yeah. Do do you Not know what you do you know what you might ask Leon Vitali if you ever had the chance to ask him one question? I'd say, was it worth it? You, and, you, and, and I know and I know what he'd say. But well, that's you, all that matters. You, you sure you do? Like just just was it all? Whatever you've given, you could have been great. Could have been a great actor. You could have gone off and done your own thing but you decided to work for this man instead and dedicate your whole life, was it worth it? And he'd go, of course it was, because of who he was. So I You sound pretty thing. sure? You, you sound pretty sure of yourself. And you may be right, but if you want to hang on for just a second, can you hang on a sec? Of course. Okay, cool. Hang on. Hello? Hello? Hey, Leon? Oh, my yes. God. Hey, what's up? It's Jason from Kubrick's <laughs> Universe. Hi, hi, hi. Wow. <laughs> hi, Leon. We, we got a we got a friend <laughs> on the phone. You want to say hi, right. James F. Davies? Yeah. He's over there in Liverpool. Hi. hi, Leon. Hi, James. How are you? Oh, very good. This is this is quite mind blowing. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> you're, you know, you're like you're, you know, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I love film. I love film work, uh, and I just I just just Thank like you. so glad that of what you did, and I just your story was told, and it it needed to be told, and it completely and utterly inspired me. Like I watched that film, and I feel just fired up every time I see it. It's, it's fun. Well, that's Sometimes. kind of you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it really yeah. and uh, yeah. So, what was it? You know, was it was it worth it in the end to dedicate yourself to, to family? The answer is yes. It yes, really was. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that, abso- that. absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, what can I say? I mean, I feel very much uh, about Stanley even now, even though I've I worked yeah. for him for all those years, and even though I've seen his films all of his films hundreds of times, as you can imagine. Yeah, me too. Me um, too. It, it's, um, you know, I still have this wonderful, wonderful feeling about you know, the privilege of having, uh, you know, a creative input mm. with a, with a man like that. And, um, and you know, do you a have a favorite like film? That. Do I have a favorite film? Um, yeah, I would say I've got uh, probably, I think my favorite film is all of them because I've yeah. worked with them all in, <laughs> yes. in such detail. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, 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 you know, incredible. I mean, it was too, 
it was 2001 that started me. Stopped my favorite. Stopped my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like a. I was just left drama school and I was tw- 21, and uh, I went to see it in Leicester Square, and I. All I could think of was, oh my God! I mean, this for me is, even though it's a mystery, it's, it's kind of yeah. mysterious in its way. I kind of think this is how it is. I mean, it's about the evolution of mankind, and yes. who knows where it'll go? You know? Yeah. But, yeah, and and you know, still- we sit we sit, we sit around sort of thinking, well, I I'm me and I'm here in this world and we kind of take for granted that we're always going to be the way we are now in our lifetime and to sort of send it right out there into the ethos you know is is just I I think that's that's brilliant because you know a hundred thousand years ago I mean they wouldn't have known that we'd be living in condos Leon, do you ever go to the London College of Art and go through the boxes again, just like out of nostalgia? Oh no, 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 no! I, no. I've only been back to the UK twice in, in twenty oh, right, years. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I mean, to, to be absolutely honest with you, I saw it yeah. all before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have yeah. to see it; he lived it. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> good, yeah. Good point. <laughs> You probably yeah, like yeah, don't yeah. want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, things come Sick my way anyway, it. so you know, yeah. it, it, it always stuff always comes up, and you know, but um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a, f- a fixture in my life. I mean, there's no avoiding it. You know, I love, I, I love the thing. To. I love the thing in film work when it said that you slept on the floor so that you didn't get too comfortable, so that you could just have little naps and then get up. I didn't love it. (laughs) (laughs) In those those moments, was it all worth it? And the answer is yes. And that's all I wanted to know. know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. In the the hard times. Right, right. Yeah, well, you you don't appreciate it. You've got to to have hard times. And if you get through them, then it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so great. James, I'm glad we were able to... uh, connect you guys for a few minutes is there anything you want to say before i i let you go my man just simply that i love stanley and he's i just i feel like more and more people are gonna love him in the future it's, his fan base is only gonna get bigger and bigger forever mm. right yes well and you and i kind of feel that way myself yeah thank you thank mm. you for speaking to me it's been incredible <laughs> you're very welcome what, what, what a way to end the year Hmm. Oh, that's nicely said. <laughs> thank you so yes, much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Our pleasure, so James. Much. Take care. We're going to let you go. We'll see you soon, okay, okay buddy? Okay. All right. Anytime. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye, James. Bye, Mom. Bye, Steve. Bye. Bye, Leon. All r- Bye. All right. That was very cool. Uh, I guess we've got Tigre Hill lined up next. This is moving along pretty nicely, I must say. It certainly is. Uh, Tigres in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Calling now. Hello. Tigre. Yes. Steven. What's up, man? How no, are this you? Is J- it's Jason. Oh, Jason, how are you? <laughs> Good, man. How are you? Motown Philly. Yeah, that's 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 what they say. 
<laughs> it's what's, good. What's going on? It's good to hear your voice, man. Uh, you, well, you I too. got yeah, cool. I, I got Stephen on the line. Stephen Rigg, who founded Course Gas and uh, producer of our podcast. Say hi, Steve. Hi, hi, Tigre. How are you doing? How are you? Good to hear from you. I'm very good, thank you. Good to hear from you too. And uh, we also got Mark Lentz, who you know from SCAS. Say hi. Hi, T. Gray. I love Philly. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate being on here. Cool, man. Uh, Also, also we got uh, James Marinaccio, you know, as the uh, one and only Nick Fugazi. Oh, yes. Okay. Hey, how are you? Nice to talk to you. This is like the this is like the all star cast of SKS. <laughs> well, like, now that you're joining us, it is. This is a board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> a board, right, right. So what's going on? Well, it, we're doing a little segment, and uh, it's 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 a short one, but uh, a cool one. We hope. Did you get a chance to see that documentary about Leon Vitali last year called Film Worker? I oh yeah, I went to the theater and saw it. I thought it was amazing. Absolutely. You did. Yes. That's yes. so cool. And I, I, you know, I, and I bought the film too. So, oh, you did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm nowhere near some of the collectors in the group that you have, but I try to collect a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, but this this brings me to the, the 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 question, which is without giving me the answer, kind of yes or no. Um, if you had the chance to ask Leon a question. Do you have an idea what it might be? Uh, well, it, <laughs> I, without I, giving me the answer, would you be able to think of, of, yes, of a question yes, for him? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know what? You know what? Hang on a second, bro. Hang on. Can you just hang on for one sec? Yeah. Cool. Hello. 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 Hey, Leon. Yes. Yes. Hey. Oh my what's God. up, man? It's it's Jason and the gang hi. from Kubrick's Universe. Hi. 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 I had a really weird uh, ringtone on my phone. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, wow. I'm glad I picked it up. <laughs> you mean that completely fake ringtone I did with my? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I, good. This is an honor to speak to you. I, I think we're all speaking to you live. It's an honor to speak to you. I saw the film, uh, and I was blown away by it. I, I bought it. And uh, I, I, they said, do you have a question? I, I don't know if I have a question so much as I just want to, I want to thank you for your dedication. You were quite a, a talented man. Uh, uh, well, what you were, you are, and what you did with your career was just amazing. It, it, I found it to be you're an unsung hero. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm a little baffled that I'm speaking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. It's really kind of you to say thank you. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I'm, uh, uh, I live in Los Angeles now, so you know. It's uh, it's all good, as they say here in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so so, yeah. so you, you were always a rock star, but you became more of a rock star after the film came out. So 
Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, I'm sure you're recognized uh, quite a bit now. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, are you, are you I, had a, I had a guy when I went just when I went to Cannes uh, with a, you know the 4K version of The Shining, which I did. Um, I met Beautiful the guy job, walked up way. to me. Yeah, thank you, thank you. A guy walked up to me and he said, "Are you Leon Vitali?" And I said, "Yes." And he just looked at me, went, and just walked off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you 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 confirmed it for him, I guess. (laughs) Here's a question: question. Do you have any plans to act anymore? Mm, Um, It's a good question, actually. Um, I'm asked, and um, and sometimes you know. It's it's really strange because when I decided to take the the road I took, you know, I I can honestly say in all the years that I, I was working for Stanley, I I missed acting like twice, and one of them was actually watching. We were working on the scene in The Shining, and I just thought, oh my god, I, I'd love to be on the end of this, you know, now, you know. And the other time was when I watched uh, a group of old friends um, from uh, my drama school. They'd formed into a theater company and they would do some really ambitious work. And I actually kind of thought, mm, it would have been nice to be there. Um, but uh, apart from that, no, I never really, never missed it in that way. But I am asked occasionally. So, um, and I did some actually. I, I had, a, you know, Sometimes when I'm working with, uh, you know, on a film as a dialogue coach or, or a, you know, helping a director or something, he asked me if I'll do a scene and uh, and if I think it will be fun to do, then I do it, you know. Well, I mean, your your performance as Lord Boynton was like, you know, Academy Award worthy. I mean, <laughs> and then you and then you went on to be with the. Uh, Stanley Cooper. I mean, it's just amazing. Let me stop. I feel like I'm monopolizing your time. This is a unexpected pleasure, uh, a Christmas gift. <laughs> no, it's cool. You're you're great, T. Gray. Uh, so so um, I'm gonna have you go, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead. If you have another question, then we're go. Go ahead, man. Well, well, let me just ask this, Lynn. Uh, you you've been. Uh, What's next for uh, anything you're restoring or, or overseeing as far as any films of his, like oh. you did with The Shining? All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the hope is that we can get uh, 4Ks uh, for all of them, really. I mean, the next one awesome. is supposed to be Full Metal Jacket, coincidentally mm. enough. And um, oh. we're hoping to be able to do do that in the spring. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, I think, I think, it, you know, it would be irresponsible if they didn't <laughs> let us do it, put it that way, you know, and, and it seems of all the formats, uh, you know, that have come up through the years, you know, Blu-ray and what have you, and you, know, I go back in and, and redo them, you know, and of course, I mean, the technical possibilities of, of getting really great resolution and, and, and picture quality is just amazing now. I mean, 4K, I think it's a huge leap forward and it's fantastic to work with. You know? Well, you know, I took my little pennies that I have 
and completely uh, upgraded to 4K because of 2001. Mm. Uh, I said, okay, that's when I, and it's a brilliant print, and then I, I have the shining. It looks amazing, and uh, a full metal jacket will look amazing. But with, with you looking over it all, uh, I have full confidence that it will just be amazing. I, 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 would, I would wonder this, is, is if, if that happens, and it will, um, mm. that would be a nice uh, way for uh, SKS to maybe we can get a, a sneak peek at your process. Right, uh, right, of, right, of, right. Of, of, the, of the mastering, it's it's a, it's an interesting way of um, seeing the process. But uh, in fact, I'm due for another viewing of Full Metal Jacket soon. So, uh, uh, all I, right, I watch I watch everything of his at least once a year. Well, it sounds all like right. he's getting Leon's getting to work on the uh, 4K for FMJ in spring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe, so, I should, maybe I should delay a little longer. <laughs> My next well, <laughs> we don't have long to wow. wait. At least that's the good news. Well, T. Great, you, you've great. been great, dude. I, um, I, I'm unfortunately I'm charged with keeping the ball rolling, and uh, I guess if you guys want to say ciao for now, say goodbye, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to all do it again sometime. Well, I can't thank you all enough for this. Very, I mean, I, I was just pleased to talk to you guys. And, and having Leon on was, was very much a, a nice surprise. And Leon, thank well, you thank again you. for your work. Thank you, and I really do appreciate it. I, I really do. And, and thank you for your, you know, for your devotion, <laughs> put it that way, too. too. I always see it as a cause, and, um, you know, right. pretty much a, a really important one. So thank you so much for your appreciation. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you. Yeah, you too. You too. That's great. Thank you. Guys, can I brag about this, or is this something that's kind of secret to reveal? Good question. Steven? Yeah, this. I mean, we'll be putting this out in the new year, so yeah, brag away. As long as you don't... Well, don't brag away too much online. Yeah, keep... Yeah. Just in the pub. Okay, I'll wait. I'll keep it... I was going to say, I just can't believe I just talked to Leon Vitale, but I'll wait. (laughs) 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 Thank thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This has been a pleasure. Thank you, man. Thank you. Pleasure's all ours. T-Gray. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks, T-Gray. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good stuff. Okay, Stephen, I saw your message about Wes Calamer. Yep, giving him a call now. Is he in L.A.? Do we know? Uh, Yes, he's in L.A. Hello? Hey, is this Wes? This is Wes. Hey, man, it's uh, Jason and the gang from Kubrick's Universe. How's it going? Oh, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm all right. Just on the road at the moment. That's okay. Can you talk with us? Or Yeah, sure, a... sure. Cool. Um, so... Stephen Rigg, who, of course, founded Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society and uh, produces the Kubrick's Universe podcast, he's on the line. Say hi. Hi, Wes. Hey, how's it going, man? How you doing? Not bad at all, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us on the call. Yeah, no, I appreciate the message. I'm honored. Cool, cool. I've also got with us uh, Mark Lentz and James Marinaccio from SCAS. Say hi, guys. There. Hey Wes. Nice to meet you, Wes. What's up, fellas? Man, this is great. It's nice to put a, a voice to the, the Facebook message. 
Well, we've all yeah. been pretty fascinated with you taking the uh, Mini Kubrick figure around. And I, as I understand it, you're working on a, a coffee table book or something about the the traveling gnome of Kubrick. Yeah, Is this yeah. true? Something to the effect of uh, it's been installed like 800 times. But, uh, but yeah, it's not dead. It's, it's still a thing. I'm very much... Uh, still love the idea and I have a lot of photos that I, I can't wait to share with the group that you guys just haven't even kind of seen yet it's such a cool idea it really is that's a that's a brilliant idea we, we both just ordered the, me and Jason are waiting our gnome yes waiting on a oh, gnome yeah. the um is it the mini Kubrick yeah the mini yeah. Kubrick yeah. I call, that's right I, I was the one who called it the gnome <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're still they're still really great and uh, like highly detailed for uh, how small the the figure is, and it comes in like uh, thematic colors. Like they have like a clockwork orange colored uh, Kubrick figure, Kubrick figure. Uh, they they have a bunch of different types. So I'm glad you guys got it. It's uh, it's my, probably my ba- I have so many useless collectibles uh, and a lot of sentimental co- collectibles, but but the Kubrick is is hands down my uh, my most uh, valued and sentimental collectible. Uh, yeah, that's understandable. So listen, man, I'm I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, it's a pretty straightforward one. And without giving me the answer, just kind of yes or no, knowing that uh, Leon was so crucial in Stanley being able to accomplish all that he did, if if you without giving me the answer, if you had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you have any idea like what it might be? Yes or no? Oh God, what question I would ask? Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, I mean, t- take a moment to think about it if you like. <laughs> um. Yes. D- yes, I do. You you would? You think you would? I think I would. You know that's 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 pretty cool of you. Actually, can you hang on for just a moment though? Sure. Hang on, just a, one technical thing I got to sort out on my end here. Hold up. Hello. Hello. Hey, Leon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason and the gang at Kubrick's Universe. Hi. Hi. How are How's you? How's it going? Good. 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 We got a, a a friend and a lifelong Stanley fan on the line named Wes Calamer. He'd love to say hi to you if that's okay. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> hi, Leon. This is uh, this is an honor. I'm a bit shell shocked. I wasn't expecting anything like this, so uh, I apologize. <laughs> but, like giant fan, how are you today, sir? I'm good, and and uh, and you know, I'm happy. I'm happy that. Uh, to talk to anybody who's had so much joy out of watching Stan this film, so I really have. Absolutely, I, I, um, uh, they, the the wonderful guys at Scott, uh, they just froze the question to me of what question I, I would ask you, and, and something just kind of bolted through my brain. Um, you know, I I, uh, I wish I wish I could uh, be alive in the day, or I was alive, but I wish Stanley was alive. Uh, right now, where I could ask him a thousand and one questions, but being that you you uh, uh, lived and, and knew him so well as you did the years that you did, uh, uh, my question is, for all my rambling, 
<laughs> what's uh, what, what's one statement that uh, uh, kind of stuck with you uh, and changed your perspective on on yourself or people or, or the world that Stanley shared with you that just ha- has always uh, stuck with you since? I would love to have a statement oh. like that myself. I ask you, I, I pose that to you. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it was that. Um... I'd always, as an actor, you know, and I'd seen uh, 2001 when I was at drama school and I just thought, oh boy, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. It was such a, an emotional experience, you know, to watch it. And then I watched Clockwork Orange and um, I just thought uh, I'd give anything in the world just to work for this man as an actor because yeah. I was an actor, you know. And, uh, and suddenly I heard about Barry Lyndon being made and uh, I got my agent to, to call in and I got the role and, and so that's, that's that. And then I got called down to, uh, to where they were shooting in Salisbury in England. And, um, my contract was like 13 days over eight weeks. And, um, and I had one dialogue scene and a couple of passed by just to establish who I was, you know? And, um, and he, I didn't shoot anything for the first sort of like six weeks. Uh, he just used to call me down to the set and I had to wear full costume and makeup. And then he'd, uh, the, when, when, when they wrapped, he'd call me on the set and he'd say, hi, Leon, hi, do you, do you know that speech? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, say it. So I'd say it. And he said, thank you, Leon. Good night. And we shook hands and I went back to the hotel, you know, and this went on for, <laughs> for weeks. And, um, anyway, we started shooting and, and I just noticed that while I was sitting around waiting, I suddenly understood, you know, wow, what it, what it takes to make a movie for a start, you know, and to see the perfection with which he was aiming at, at editing. And it just became a fascinating, fascinating uh, experience for me and I spoke to him about it and he said well if you're thinking of doing something in you know in production or what have you, you know, do something and then when you've done it let me know and so I did I, I parlayed my way I did a, a film uh, a Frankenstein film in actual fact and I parlayed my way into the cutting room and I told him and he said okay and then it went from there and uh and, and and that was it. And there was a sort of a wonderful kind of feeling of being part of a creative you know, process, which even as an actor, I would I would never have never have had, you know, never have got anywhere near it. So um, that's really how it started. And you, you, you met Stanley in the 70s, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were Barry Lyndon. Uh, we shot it in 1973, 74, 75. Um, <laughs> I mean, all those years. And um, yeah, yeah. And so, so I knew him from from then. And he was, you know, it's funny. It was so strange. We actually have the same birth date, only 20 years apart. You know, so if you want to sort of think about, oh, you know, serendipitous, uh, I mean, it was there, but we had a sort of, we had a way of talking with each other. It was, it was strange. It was like a shorthand, you know, and um, we, you know, not not to say that he, he, he didn't have his tantrums every now and then. I mean, you can imagine. <laughs> 
But, um, yeah. you know, it was, everything was understood. You know, everything was kind of understood. And it was just just magic. I mean, it really was. It really was. And I miss him to this day. We, we all do. I could definitely uh, uh, speak for everyone uh, in agreeing with that statement. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. So. Thank yeah, you, Leon. I really, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate you, too. I appreciate your interest. And, and you know, it's just it's lovely to hear every time, you know. Well, this has been great. I do have, I do have a quick follow-up question, if that's okay. Go for it. Okay. Um, now, Leon, I'm, I'm sure, like, I mean, you're on a podcast and you're speaking to a bunch of super fans and, and uh, Kubrick has kind of been made into an icon, like like a legend. Uh, do you think that uh, that in itself is, is a good thing or do you think people should uh, really try to look at the man behind the myth or is it or is it kind of a combination? Like, it's good that he's reached that status and, and that's OK. And, and there's messages to, to partake from. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely, and and it's a it's a really good question. Uh, the thing is that you know, despite his sort of uh, mythological sort of <laughs> the reputation and and, and sure, yeah. the achievements, you know, I can tell you that Stanley was one of the most human human p- people I've ever met in my life, and um, you know, everything was on a a purely kind of a emotional level and I don't mean that in in you know of course there were histrionics and there were laughs and there were this and there was that but you know he was a somebody said earlier that you know what they loved about Stanley was that he didn't know and it's true in a lot of ways I mean his films and were uh, you know exploratory for himself you know the subject mm-hmm. matters and um you know it, it was just remarkable how how much the script could change from when we had it in our hand to when we finished shooting. I mean, it was light and editing, and you'd have thought, well, that was a worthless piece of paper, you know, that script that you had, because <laughs> it changed yeah. so much. And he was so open, so open to, to, to that, you know. He wasn't afraid to throw out ideas that he cherished in a project because he knew it, you know, it was leading us nowhere. And um, and uh, he was just really, really as a, as a filmmaker, you know, an artist. You know, he was very, very brave. He really was. He made very brave decisions. So, uh, and that's why that's why I think his each of his films is unique, you know, to him, and unique, you know, to each other, because you know it was everything was a process. Well, that's I mean, it's as beautiful. As beautifully said as any and everything we've heard Leon say, and we're so grateful for it. Um, we 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 do have to uh, unfortunately sign off, but uh, for sure it was an honor talking to all of you guys. Great, it's been really really nice to hear your your thoughts about it all. Thank you very much, Wes. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, but um, hopefully you know we'll we'll. See you in cyberspace, as James says. Absolutely. I'll see you on the board. Thanks, Wes. <laughs> Bye, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Leon, somebody on, on our Facebook group just said, you look, you have a resemblance to Mick Jagger. Hey, that's a compliment. Say that, ag- <laughs> say that again. I didn't hear it. 
Somebody was saying you look like Mick Jagger, Leon. Oh, oh, right. I used to get that all the time when I was at drama school. <laughs> Let's go for Alex- Alexander Pietrzak. Do that. Yep. Where's Alexander in America? Whereabouts? Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. Scottsdale. Hello. Hey, Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason from Kubrick's Universe. Good, good, good. Real quick. Uh, did you see Film Worker, the documentary about Leon Vitale? You know, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you, I know, it's you crazy. Do, you, you have to see it. I mean, it's really, really... Yeah. Of course, you know who Leon is and how yeah, you know, sure, sure. invaluable he was to Stanley. Yeah, I um, sent some posters over to... Um, Tony Free one when I was getting because they didn't have a print of the Seafarers. So I sent him my print, and uh, I said I'm going to send you some posters. If you can kind of get maybe like Leon and Ian Holland to sign them. So I sent some posters to them, and uh, and they when I got all my stuff back, I got all these. I had a couple of those signed, and Christian Kubrick sent me a, a signed print as well or something. Oh, that's cool. Leon did autograph it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, you, you, okay. So you definitely got to see the documentary. Um, and obviously you clearly know who he is. Um, without, without giving us the answer, just give me a yes or no. If, if, if you had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you have some idea what it might be? I do. Okay. Well, you know what? Hang on one second, okay? Just hold tight. I know we can't keep you for long, but hang on one second, bro. Hello? Hello? Hey, Leon. Yes. Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason and the gang at Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi, hi. How are you guys? We're great, we're great, we're great. We got... an. The dear friend on the phone, Alexander Pietrzak. You guys want to say hi to each other? Absolutely. Hi. 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 How are you? (laughs) Great. (laughs) You sound like someone's just walked up to you with a book and said, you know, Alexander, this is your life. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Are you guys pulling my leg on this? No, we are not. No, no. No, no. No, it's me. It's me. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think you can ignore that other phone if it rings for a few minutes? Yes. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell, tell, tell her you were in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so I, should I just go ahead and ask the question then? Yeah, dude, feel free. This is a perfect opportunity to ask him a question. Yeah. I don't know how far, I don't know if you can really remember this, but... Back when I was dealing with the Seafarers, getting that onto mm. first VHS tape and then to DVD, I was offered the rushes for that film. Um, from when, and uh, but when it came right down to it, the people who ran the AB department at the Seafarers International Union, they couldn't come up with mm. it. They were just like, "We don't have it." Oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? And the guy was telling me all about all this footage. And then when I heard about all the the outtakes and everything had been from Kubrick's original films had been uh, incinerated. I thought I was. I kind of thought, well, maybe Leon had some sort of contact over there, where we they would send those 
to him and he would destroy them or something because no one seemed to know what the hell happened to all those outtakes. So I was going to, I was just wondering, do you know anything about that? Um, I don't, uh, but it doesn't surprise me to hear that because you'd be probably surprised to hear that uh, Columbia, as it was in the day, lost the whole original negative of Dr. Strangelove. And <laughs> these things happened, as we say, in the old days. I mean, archiving wasn't, you know, a very well organized, uh, you know, operation. And, uh, it, oh, you know, yeah. now it now it is now it is because I think film studios and companies have realized that, you know, they're, they're heritage things, you yeah. know, they're, they're, absolutely. And, you know, um and so it it was one of those things, you know, that um, and fear and desire, for instance, we tried to get the negative back. And I spent I spent probably 10 years looking for the original negative of Dr. Stranger and for uh, all of his documentaries. And it was yeah. surprising to, you know, fear and desire was like no trace of it, no trace of it. Um, you know, nobody knew where it was or 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 anything and um but then you know after stanley died suddenly these pristine prints started turning up <laughs> so we realized that somebody did have it and uh they weren't owning up to it i won't say who it was eventually but um yeah yeah i mean it does it, it, it's it's kind of shocking how much was not preserved or looked after or archived in any way back in those days so it doesn't surprise me at all. That is crazy. Mm, it that is, is absolutely it is. interesting. You know, I don't know whether uh, these guys have told you, but I, I'm I'm originally from England. You know, and uh, oh, right. I'm from Reading. Yeah. Oh, Reading. yeah, I'm from Reading. Yeah, oh, and right. uh, yeah, yeah. But my dad, my dad, when, when I was over there during the '80s, he used to live. Um, he used to live in um, near St Albans in Flamstead. So oh, I, was right. in, I was in, okay. yeah, I was in, I was in St. Albans, you know, quite a bit. Anyway, going back to when I was lived in uh, England, going to school in, in Reading, we went on a field trip right. once and I won't give you the whole story. I'll take too long. Long story short. Um, we think that, uh, when we were in Blenheim Palace, we went to a, a tour around Blenheim Palace that, right. um, <clears throat> we may have walked through the filming of Barry Lyndon. And so I didn't really did. make this connection. I didn't make the connection for many years until I read about it in a book. I think it was Labuto's book. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds. Because the first time I saw Barry Lyndon, I was like, oh yeah, I've been there. Oh, oh, oh I stood right there. <laughs> I kind of was familiar with it, you know? I was like, oh, okay. So when I read these, when I read that story and about the whole way he set it up, I was like, that is exactly what happened. I was like, that's right, what happened right. when I was on that school trip. And we walked through right. and there was. It looked like maybe like an assistant director and someone kind of was sitting in these chairs and they look really kind of annoyed to see us, you know, because uh, when you're a little kid, you, when you're a little kid, you think that everyone's going to be so happy to see you when you go into a room and they look kind of annoyed because right. our school group was crossing the, this film set. And I was like, and right, then years right, later, right. I was kind of did some research with Blenheim. And I was like, well, to figure out what films are being shot over there. And uh, right. that was the one that was like the time frame was perfect, and there was nothing was shot after that because of the rest right, restoration right. that was going right, on there. Right. It wasn't until right. History of the World Part Two, so there was like 
it was the only the only logical film that could have been shot there. Right. So right, I was like, it's right, possible right. I could have been on that set. It's kind of strange. You could, yeah, yeah. You probably were. And I, I know. <laughs> I mean, one of one of the wonderful things about working on Barry Lyndon was I got to see the inside of you know so many so many of these these places, Blenheim and Corsham Court and all these fine houses. And one of them where we we did most of our filming for the interiors. Uh, Ryan and I, you know, we were taking a break from shooting and we decided to have a little wander around. We went into this room and we just looking around, uh, you know, just portraits and pictures and God knows what. And suddenly the door opened and the tour guide walked in with a bunch of people. And he, <laughs> when he saw us, it was like he was frozen in time. <laughs> yeah. We were full costume <laughs> and makeup. So we yeah. just bowed and said, Oh, please, James, go ahead. And then we just left. <laughs> and it was such a wonderful little thing to happen, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. People have memories of that, maybe, and they never make the connection that they actually saw something even more significant, you know? Right, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd forgotten yeah. all about that. Yeah, I'd forgotten all right. about that until I kind of read that, read about it, and then I was like, oh, it kind of jarred my memory, you know? You guys yeah, were yeah. probably in close proximity to each other on the set of Barry Lyndon all those years ago, right. and and wouldn't have known oh, it. Absolutely, yeah. And, exactly. <laughs> and now you got to talk for a, for a bit. Yeah, that's yeah, making yeah, me smile. Yeah, yeah. That's making us happy. Well, I, got to ask, I got to ask two questions. I got to ask yeah. you two questions. It's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> man. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Absolutely, and thank you for your appreciation of Stanley. Yes, in this work. Mm-hmm. Alexander, amazing. great stuff. Great stuff. Listen, we'll talk again real soon. And um, okay. I'm going to let you get back to work. Okay. All right. See you, Leon. Thank you. Yeah, Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Alexander. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Great stuff. All right. Who do you got next, Stephen? We're down to the last few. We'll, we'll get David Constantine next. Is David in New York? He's in New Hampshire, which okay. is north of us, northeast of us. Hello? Hey, David. Hi, yes. Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Good, good. All right, well, let me uh, jump into it, man. I'm so glad you could uh, be part of this segment. Did you see Film Worker? Oh, oh, most definitely. I've seen it twice. What did you think? Um Oh, uh, it's it's incredible. It's uh, I, I thought it was uh, expertly uh, well made, and it was just um, it, it's actually a really good introduction if uh, people aren't really familiar with Stanley's films to watch Film Worker. Hmm. I was uh, showed to like I showed it to my father recently, and um, he actually really appreciated it. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah. Well, without without giving me the answer, just by way of a yes or no answer. My second question is, and take a moment to think about it, if you like, if if you ever had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you think you might have an idea what the question would be? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, I, oh, let's see. Don't give me the answer. I'm just wondering. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could, uh, I, I could definitely have something to ask him. Hmm. Cool. Actually, can you hang on just a moment, David? 
Sure, sure. Thanks. Thanks, man. Hang on one sec. Hello? Hello? Hey, Leon? Yeah? Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason from Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi. How are you? We're good, man. We've got a good friend on the phone named David Constantine. He wants to say hi. Is that cool? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Leon, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, and how are you doing? Oh, excellent. I actually, um, I met you uh, previously. You probably don't remember. It, it was, um, we were in uh, Santa Monica at your uh, film worker screening for that and uh, Full Metal Jacket. I had uh, oh, a right. uh, red archives book and the, the photos of uh, the onset photos. I do remember. I do remember. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> nice, yeah, nice yeah. To talk to you again. All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there we have it. Our first caller, who's Stephen, who's uh, you know, who's already had the honor to talk with Leon. Yes. How cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, you got a chance to ask him a question, man. You want to go okay. ahead? I would love. I would love to. So, Leon, I know you. You probably get asked this question many, many times. But in another mm-hmm. instance, if if you had a chance to hang out with Stanley, let's just say just once upon a time randomly, what would you, mm-hmm. what would you do with Stanley? Like if you, like, what would you even say to him? Like if you, you could hang out with him once more, like what would you do with him? Oh, well, right. First of all, I'd ask him how his cats are. And then I'd ask him how his dogs are. <laughs> then I'd ask him, then I'd ask him, then I'd ask him, and I ask him if he'd seen any good movies lately, and we'd probably get into that. Yeah, and um, and probably talk about politics, and we'd probably talk about, you know, sport, and, um, you know, it, it was just, uh, we could talk about anything. Whenever we were checking a, a print from a laboratory, you know, like, let's say, uh-huh. Clockwork Orange, and we'd... A reel by reel, we 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 look at a reel. Then he say, uh, "Let's sit down," and he got a cigarette. Say, yeah, got a cigarette, and we'd have a smoke, and we'd start talking about you know Margaret Thatcher or you know and um, you know random things like that. Then go back to reel two, and then we do the same thing after that, and so on and so on over like sixteen reels. And so, of course, it took about, you know, five hours <laughs> to actually look at one print. And um, because we it, it was just it was just whatever was in the air we talked about, you know, and that uh-huh. was the, one of the lovely things about about working with Stanley, you know, you know, it was just all encompassing. You know, no, nowhere was it was sacred. You know, you you know, you could talk about anything and everything. And uh, that's how it always was, and that's how it would be if I, you know, if I had the chance again. That's how it would work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I have one more question, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, sure. Did Did Stanley ever get spiritual? Did you guys ever have spiritual conversations? Uh, yes, yes, but you know, he was. I would, I would say, Stanley was a humanist. You know. Um, uh-huh. in, in his beliefs, and uh, as as I've always been, you know, 
nearly all my life, you know. And so we always sort of thought about spirituality as, as something that, you know, it's intangible, but it's always there. And, you know, it's always there in a way that you can reference it, um, but you can't always explain it. And it's, uh, it's one of those mysterious things in life which are so fulfilling and so, you know, wonderful to have, but it has no religious uh, attachment in that way. You know, religion, for me and for Stanley, we really agreed on this, was really, you know, um, not where spirituality is and where it really is because spirituality has no borders. It has no walls. It has no, you know, limits. And, um, and so he was, he was very much, very much into spirituality as spirituality, but not, not connected in any way to organized religion. Oh, right. Well, I I couldn't agree more with that. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Well, I'm glad you guys got the chance to uh, catch up again. Sounds like there's a good chance you'll cross paths once again in the future. Yeah, I would hope yeah, so. I'm Thank sure. You. I'm sure. Bring your big red book again. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember it. Listen, uh, I am uh, tasked with keeping the ball rolling, David, but uh, you and I are going to talk soon and uh i'm we're gonna see each other real soon david and i are going to the uh premiere of the 2001 exhibit at uh museum of the moving image he was so kind to extend an invite and uh gosh i almost feel like mailing it to you instead leon (laughs) (laughs) oh well have a super time (laughs) yeah i'll report back to you we we we'll be sure to report back to you. Um but yeah, I mean go ahead and sign off and uh wish each other a happy new year, whatever you'd like to do. Well, happy well, new year. Happy new year. Uh, yeah. You too. You. Thank you, you for too. having me on. No, no, I mean and it's been a real pleasure, believe me. Thank you. Thanks okay. thanks, David. Hey, good good thanks, talking David. to you guys. And you. Appreciate thanks, it. David. Thank you. Have a good one. Speak Take again care, soon. Bud. We'll see you. Definitely. Happy New Year. Happy okay. New Year. Bye. Bye. All right. Um Are we to try Giuseppe in Italy one more time. And then we and then we've got one final call to Dominique to Dominique El Perro in Pittsburgh. Let okay. Let I'll i I'll give uh, Giuseppe another try. A female, a female. Wow. No, no, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I, did, I did say it like it was a female, didn't I? I said Dominique. It's not Dominique. I told it's Dominic. Dominique. Dominique. The singing nun. She wants yeah. to ask Leon a question. are you a practicing catholic any longer no (laughs) (laughs) that's great oh my gosh hello hello Hello? is this hi is this dominic that's me yeah how's it going man it's jason and the gang from kubrick's universe podcast oh okay how are you doing great thanks Hope uh-huh. we didn't catch you at a bad time. Uh, let me check. No, that's good. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, 
Um, so have you, have you ever, as a enthusiast, you must have watched some of the better documentaries are out there. Um, and and the, and there are there are a plenty. But uh, did you get the chance to see Film Worker when it premiered? Yes. You have seen it. Yes, I have. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, without giving me and us the answer, just kind of yes or no. Um, we 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 all obviously think Leon is a really fascinating guy, and um, there's so much that's uh, discussed uh, about him in the in the documentary. But then there's always the chance that. Uh, you know, there's 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 always more questions. Like a Kubrick film itself, there's always another question. So, without giving me the answer, if you, if you had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you think you might have an idea what it would be? Oh wow, let's see. Don't give me the answer. Just you know, you could take a moment. Yes or no. Yeah, I I I I know what it would be, but do you want me to say or no? No, I, I mean, there, oh, I I'd probably put it together like a list of things. Right. Um. Well, you know what? Actually, can you hang on for just a second? I'm just having a technical thing going on my end. Can you hang on one moment, Dominic? Okay. Thanks. Hello. Hello. Hey, is this Leon? It is. Hey, man, what's going on? It's Jason and the gang at Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi. What a long time since you spoke. I know, I know, I know. It's just, it's always a (laughs) lifetime between our chats. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) we've got a nice fella on the phone, friend of uh, Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society, and an ardent admirer of Stanley Kubrick and yourself. His name is Dominic. Would you guys care to say hi to each other? Hi, Dominic. Well, hello, Leon. How are you hi. today? I'm good. good holidays? Thank you. How are you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm yeah, great. Yeah. Not bad. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Great. great. Well, here's your chance, Dominic. Feel free to ask him a question. Okay. Let's see. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Um, So I was looking, you did a lot of work for the Venice Film Festival, getting the films Mm -hmm. prepared. Um, Oh, yes. uh, yes. And because I was in the Kubrick archive, actually, and I was looking through that stack of material, trying to find the right, um, the right format and everything. Like, how long did that take you to do? Well, um, it was a strange thing, actually, because they just announced uh, publicly that they were going to do, you know, uh, a series of Stanley's films at the Venice Film Festival. The thing was, they forgot to tell Stanley. And, um, oh. and so we heard about it sort of over the news waves. And, um, and the thing was, we were in the middle of, of filming Eyes Wide Shut at the time. So... It was, I can't tell you, it was one of those things where I didn't know if I was coming or going because I had to, you know, most of the films I had to have redone, you know, from from scratch, you know, because none of of them had kept their original subtitles or or timing cards. 
for the you know color and timing and what have you. So it was it was just a huge, huge operation right in the middle of another huge, huge operation. And um it was uh it was quite amazing, I have to say, quite exhausting. But um it worth it, worth it in the end. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I, did Kubrick get, did uh, Kubrick have to like review everything you did then? Because it seemed like, well, you must have been like going back and forth between him and uh, like getting the prints done. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in, in contact with uh, the labs and, and, and the territory and, and, and Italy, you know, the office there in Italy uh, constantly, constantly. And, uh, so I would every time I got a, a new print made, I'd take it and show it to Stanley. And uh, if there were any changes, we'd make them. But thankfully, thankfully that we were light on changes, so was, they were good prints. So um, then, then we had to send it out to the territory, and they had to subtitle it. So we had to check the subtitle lists that they sent to make sure they were correct translations. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, it was it was <laughs> kind of endless, and uh, and I got the last print out, uh, last print out on the Saturday afternoon of the Saturday evening. They were going to screen uh, Eyes Wide Shut, and um, it was uh, it was I don't know something memorable. <laughs> That's how I'll put it. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Of course. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for thank you for all your work and um, you know all oh, the years you put in with Kubrick. It's really appreciated by me and I'm sure millions of fans around the world. And it's really appreciated. Thank you for and thank you for your documentary and um, yeah, everything you've done. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really, really do appreciate it, and and thank you for being. You know, someone who appreciates Stanley's films in such a, you know, a deep way, a meaningful, spiritual way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank That's you. Beautiful. Um, is it okay if we uh, we let you go, Dominic? Yeah, that's fine. And thank you again for uh, sharing me on with me. And <laughs> that's a great gift. Thank you. Uh, it was our pleasure, man. <laughs> Thanks for being cool with the surprise. We obviously yeah. couldn't tip our, couldn't tip our hand with this one, but we hope you think it was worth it. Yeah, it was great. Thank Thanks, you, Dominic. Um, happy, yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks, Dominic. You as well. Thank you. Happy New Thank Year, you, Dominic. Happy, yeah, New, happy Year. New Year to you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year. <laughs> and I'll go check out the 2001 exhibition as well. So. Yay! <laughs> In New York. Yay. <laughs> cool. See you there. Yeah. Um. Uh, James, you're there, right? You're you're still on the line, of course. Yeah, I'm here. You got a question, bud? Uh, yeah, I had two quick questions. I I grew up in in the Bronx, like Stanley, born and raised, and I've lived in right. I lived in uh, Los Angeles actually for a few years, but I lived for one year in England, in uh, right. just in a little town north of London called Potter's Bar. Oh, and, Potter's Bar, yes. yes know it. And that was back in 76, 70, second, it was one year, it was the second half of 76, first half of 77. My mother married right. a Brit and we first went over there before he came back and we all came back to New York. So my sisters would always go shopping in St. Albans and they would always ask me, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go to St. Albans and I never went. Now I didn't know Stanley yet. <laughs> 
And uh, it was I didn't really discover Kubrick until like eighty one. But did he really just go to the shops and walk around St. Albans? Yes, and I go with him wow. very often. And you know, I mean, I remember going around uh, the biggest supermarket at that time, Sainsbury's, and we would just go down there, and and he, you know, we'd go around with a trolley, and he'd read the labels and <laughs> everything he bought, and um, you know, we could walk around St Albans freely, and no one seemed to, you know take notice or if they knew who he was they never said anything so um, you know and, and one of the reasons why Stanley moved to England was so he could work totally unimpeded because you know if he'd lived in Los Angeles you can imagine I mean you know it, it would have been mayhem with studio executives and God knows what so you know he just loved the fact that he lived at that sort of more than an arm's distance from from that you know it was it was special and precious to him too. Where in, in, in late 76, early 77, was it pre-production for the shining? Where were you with, with, uh, what was going on at that time? Where, where, what, what period? Late Sorry? 76, early 77. No, he, he, he'd been, uh, doing post-production and release of, uh, or he'd been doing release on Barry Lyndon and he was looking for, material uh, he okay. was looking for uh, you know, the shining to do in actual fact okay. and um you know well he didn't find it he read through hundreds and hundreds of of uh of novels you know to find the right one he wanted you know from the, he wanted to do a horror movie but he wanted to do something different with it and um i think he said to me he said when he read the first 10 pages of the shining he knew we'd found it Wow. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had one other quick question for you. Have um Tony Ziera, his next film, have you helped him at all with, with his new film on Eyes Wide Shut? Well that's uh, actually how we met because he was making that. Um and he came around to interview me uh, for that. Ah. And then a couple of weeks later, he came back and interviewed me some more. And then a couple of weeks after that, he came back and interviewed me some more. And it's all about Eyes Wide Shut. And then uh, the next time I saw him, he was with his wife, and uh, who is, was also his producer. And they said that they'd been, you know, watching the footage. And they said that, that would they mind? Would I mind if they made a, a documentary about me? And so <laughs> I didn't really know what to say. I mean, I must say it's, it's like a huge public therapy session when you get into it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> really. And um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine, I know that he's gone really way abroad to find as many people as he could who was involved with that, with that project. And... Um, but yeah, yeah, originally that's the reason why we met was just because of the Eyes Wide Shut project. I think Mark going to be interesting. Mark, yeah. Are you there, Mark? Yeah, uh, Leon, I have one question, which is you worked, you know, when you started with Stanley in the late 70s, mm. you worked mm. extremely hard every day for the rest mm. of uh, your tenure. I, and of course, with all the stresses and exhaustion, but I'm wondering if you have like a memory of a day where everything went right, like mm. a golden day. Mm, that's a good one question. example. I, 
I have a I have the memory of a day where I thought everything had gone right. And <laughs> 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 no, absolutely, and it was it was a an amazing realization that uh, probably I hadn't. I was driving from from um, the house where we were watching rushes for uh, Eyes Wide Shut, you know, and uh, I was driving down the road and I was feeling so pleased with myself and I was knocking off when I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that. Oh, great. And I didn't do that. And I, I, I don't know why I did that. I just put my foot hard on my brake <laughs> and <laughs> just nearly caused a, a pile up on the main <laughs> the main half of the St. Albans Road and uh, what I hadn't done was to uh, was to deliver a phone message that had been rather important um, <laughs> and, uh, but well no he took he, you know something like that I t- let me tell you a remarkable thing about Stanley if you told him, if you screwed up and you told him, he said, and said, no, I'm really sorry I screwed up. He was, he was fine with that. But if I'd said to him, oh, I tried to call them and I couldn't get through, or if I tried to you know, spin it in any way, he could smell bullshit from about 5,000 miles. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, 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 and that's, that's when, that, that's when he exploded. That's when he exploded as if anyone mm. tried to, to con him, you know, and, uh, you know, with an excuse, you know, and he, he'd have a really stock answer. If, if someone sort of went into this convoluted reason why something hadn't happened, he'd say that said, right. In other words, you forgot. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, and, and that was it. That was it. And then, then, as we say, he'd go incandescent. So I always used to describe it. You know, he'd, go, he'd kind of glow and then explode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Stephen, yeah. real quick. You you got a question to get in, and then we're doing our last call. Yes, I've got a, a quick question. We all know that um, Ridley Scott uh, asked Stanley to um, see if he could have some uh, of the aerial footage from The Shining. Uh, were you around when that when that uh, business was taking place? When uh, uh, Scott's company contacted you guys to, to ask for that? Could you tell us a bit, a little bit about that, uh, about how that went went on? Um. Um, it was pretty much a, a direct no. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I mean, he he was very clear about some things, and uh, so he's pretty clear about that. And it's the same the same thing happened, you know, Full Metal Jacket. You know, we filmed so much of it on a huge, huge area of East London that was, uh, you know, a, a gas. Uh, factory, you know, natural, you know, a gas factory, and um, uh, so much of it had been designed by the same French company who designed, you know, a lot of uh, Huey City, you know, mm-hmm. by coincidence. I always call that the luck of Stanley Kubrick. You know, that kind of thing could happen all the time, and um, and it was condemned. It was condemned, and they were going to uh, build a freeway through. So we were. We were given permission to just go and blow everything up that we needed to blow up, you know. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was a, uh, it was like a naughty, naughty boy's dream world. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and so, um, so, but uh, you know, there was 
hundreds after we shot there, you know, when the film was released, there were hundreds and hundreds of, you know, right from uh, U2 and other pop bands uh, wanting to film on those sites and, you know, other film companies wanted to use it for, you know, their site of, uh, you know, sort of dissolution of the world. And, um, but he always, he, he, you know, for, for some, you know, I would say some reason, I understand it completely. You know, they were, they were sacred places to him, you know, they were sacrosanct and he, mm. he never wanted people to go there, you know, Mm. So that was, at least that was that was his excuse. <laughs> um, but no, it was like that. It was it was always very very sensitive. Yeah, just like right. you know, very often people would say they say, "Oh, can can we use can we use a, a little piece from Hell in two thousand and one for Pink Floyd came and asked that question, and he, he just oh. would never let them do it. He mm. never let them do it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. But of course, yeah. he did provide some some of the outtake footage for Blade Runner, the original theatrical cut. He, did right, he not? Right. I mean that. Yeah, I, he I, did, and, and yes, he and he also he also allowed. Uh, what was his name? Um, he was a very up and coming uh, Warner Brothers studio director, and he allowed he allowed him to show some stuff of the Shining on a television screen in one of his scenes. Uh, or in a couple of these scenes, actually. Oh, really? Uh, I can't remember his name now. Um, but anyway, I mean, he, he was selective about that kind of stuff. and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. I, th- I think The Shining was shown on, I can't remember what film it was, but it w- was at a drive-in movie in somebody's movie. In, mm. I think there was, was a scene in a drive-in and it was shown on. I think on you're a, right. Twister. Yeah, yeah. Twister. Probably, yeah, yeah. Twister. Good Twister, call, that's James. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Twister. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Twister, yeah. Good yeah, call, James. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. on. <laughs> Leon, we're not going to do another epic seven and a half hour chat. I want to let you go. <laughs> okay. We, okay. We couldn't be more grateful. We did ask last uh, we spoke, if and you, you sounded game for it. There were a couple of little uh, snippets, a little soundbite, if you would... Uh, be so kind, just something that we could keep you in the podcast and in the hearts and minds of all our listeners forever and ever. It's a couple of really short pieces of text. If uh, sure. you'd be willing, if you'd be willing to say them. Of course, of course. Uh, do anything for you guys. I think you're great at what you do. And thank you for it. Oh, thank you, Leon. Right, right. Okay, got it. Take got one. It. Hello, listeners. <laughs> she keeps that laughing. difference whether you know the password or not.
This is Kubrick's Universe. Just have another 25 takes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Leon. That was fantastic. Who do you think you are? Stanley Kubrick? (laughs) 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 Save that. Save that line, too. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely saving that line. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, it's been great. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank, thank you, Leon. Let's uh, let's let Leon get on with the better part of his day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and and I can't I can't thank you enough for what you do. I really can't. I think it's wonderful. You know, that means a I lot really to do. us. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks, Leon. We, we we are really dedicated to what we do. And it's, yeah, it's, I know. It's great that uh, you've joined us to. Uh, Help the cause, which well, no. we joined. We joined you to help your yeah. to help the cause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it, All it, right. It means so much to me that you, uh, you know, were willing to go along with my little scheme of of, of, of doing doing this kind of a, an episode. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank and you. J- James, Mark, anything you guys want to add? Oh, just thanks for your time. We we love it. Thank You're you so, so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I can't wish you guys a, a happy new year more than they do. Yeah, happy 2020. Great. Yeah. Here's yeah. to a great 2020. Let's hope. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's hope. Okay. Right. <laughs> I think Leon really appreciated hearing from his fans, and we were so happy to have put this together. To be sure, connecting these fans with Leon made them happy in ways probably only they could describe to you. So we'd like to thank the following members of the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society for being so great talking to Leon and posing those fantastic and thoughtful questions. From Stratford-upon-Avon, Oli Oz Edwards, from San Francisco, James Robert Sherman, from Liverpool, James F. Davies, from Philadelphia, T. Gray Hill, from Los Angeles, Wes Calamer, from Scottsdale, Arizona, Alexander Pietrzak, from New Hampshire, David Constantine, from Pittsburgh, Dominic El Perro, and followed by a few members from the team, James Marinaccio from New York and Florida, Mark Lentz from New York, and of course, Stephen Rigg from Barrowford. If you want to hear the original full show, check out episode 36. So at the beginning of this show, you heard the third of a series of interviews that we conducted with Leon, this time concerning The Shining. Still to come, we will hear him talk about his experiences on Full Metal Jacket and Eyes Wide Shut, and his long career working closely with Stanley Kubrick on other projects such as AI and The Aryan Papers. 
Thanks to our producer, editor, and chief researcher, Stephen Rigg, and also to Adam Rakoff, the producer of the Full Metal Jacket Diary app, and James Marinaccio from the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society, who were able to join in this conversation. And thanks to our very own Mark Lenz for contributing to the show, and to Elizabeth Yaffe, who originally introduced us to Leon. And, by the way, Tony Ziera and Elizabeth are working on the extended cut of the awesome documentary Film Worker, which includes footage that they and Leon originally wanted to include. And why not check out Kubrick's horror masterwork, The Shining? Again. You know you want to now. I mean, it's unlikely it'll ever stop playing at cooler movie theaters every time Halloween rolls around, right? I'll close by telling you about a warm night in July in New York City, 2018. I was invited by Mark Lentz to attend the premiere of Filmworker at the Metrograph Theater. The documentary was a rousing success with The Packed House. The Q&A that followed was moderated by the lifelong Kubrick fan, Alec Baldwin. Special guest moderator, Mr. Alec Baldwin. Following a cocktail reception, I found myself out on the sidewalk in the warm night air. A few feet from me were a gaggle of diehard Kubrick fans who'd availed themselves of the opportunity to ask questions of a not-too-tall, scraggly, bohemian-looking man with a bandana and a beaming smile. He was chain-smoking Marlboro Reds. I hung back and was at one point introduced to the director of Filmworker, the very cool Tony Ziera. I raved about Filmworker. Mark Lentz told Tony I was the host of this show, and soon after, Tony was telling us how much he enjoyed what we do. When Leon was free of his sidewalk fan base commitments, Tony introduced us, telling Leon he must come on our show. Given that we'd only been producing episodes for a fairly short time at that point, it meant a lot to me, and I could tell that Tony, he meant it. Thus began a chat into the wee hours on a beautiful New York City night in which Leon and I both chain-smoked and talked about his own amazing journey and, suffice it to say, Stanley. Now, as my friends will tell you, I'm not much of a fanboy type, but for those many moments as they transpired, I just didn't want anyone to pinch me. And the rest is Kubrick's universe history. Leon would join us on the show on several occasions. In time, we would reconnect Leon with David Morley, who played his half-brother Brian in Barry Lyndon. The two had been living their own lives and were out of touch with each other for over 40 years when we surprised both men by putting them on the phone together. It was wistful and it was wonderful. Oh, dear. <laughs> Leon. <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. Oh my this God. is like uh this is uh forty five years forty five years on or something. Yes, absolutely. Isn't that insane? Absolutely. That's insane. My, my God, God, how my, amazing. What you mean you you're still an awkward little bugger, are you? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> and proud. <laughs> and you know, one day when I shuffle off through my own Stargate, I hope I'm able to recall that day. Of the many things, the many moments, Stephen and the gang and I have been proud of bringing out into the light of Kubrick's universe in our own small way. That is one for which I will forever be proud. So Leon, wherever you are, know how many people you touched. 
know how many fans of yours and Stanley were enriched by your generous contribution to our little show. And now you and Stanley can celebrate your shared birthday again, together. The thing I will always remember about you most, Leon, is your laugh. You're a good man and a kind soul. And I hope you've received satisfaction. Right, right, okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Hello, listeners. <laughs> she keep that laughing. <laughs> Come again. So also don't forget to check out the world's largest online forum for Kubrick fans and scholars alike, the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society and the Kubrick's Universe page, both on Facebook. And we have just started our very own YouTube channel, so you can catch us on the YouTubes as well. We will be adding all the archive shows there in due time. So that's Kubrick's Universe on YouTube. We also have our very own the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society YouTube channel, which is curated by Stephen Rigg. So definitely check that out, too. Don't forget to rate and review our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rates and reviews are very important to the ongoing life of our passion project. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We do this show for you. And Stanley. Five, four, three, two. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight is the very special feature of this very special show. From Belgium, we are going to bring you the voice of a very dedicated young woman who composes and sings her own songs. So now, ladies and gentlemen, here is the singing nun, Sister Anne. Dominique, Nika, Nika, I will tell of Dominique his goodness to acclaim. And I pray the song I sing will some simple pleasure bring that the world shall know his name. I will tell of Dominique as I sing this little song. And when I sing the chorus, all the world will sing along. Dominique, Nika, Nika, it was good, St. Dominique. He lived for you and me. From the labors long ago came a better world, I know, and his love shall always be. Though I'm poor, said Dominique, as he spoke unto the Lord, I will be your humble servant, and your love is my reward. Dominique, Nika, Nika, I will follow Dominique, his burdens will I share. For his courage will I pray, his teachings to obey, his words shall be my prayer. By the kindness of his heart and the labor of his hand, he brought love and understanding as he wandered through the land. Dominique, Nika, Nika, I will tell of Dominique, his goodness to acclaim. And I pray the song I sing will some simple pleasure bring, all the world shall know his name. Dominique the mighty warrior was a soldier of the Lord His armor was devotion and the gospel was his sword Dominique, Nika, Nika, it was good Saint Dominique He lived for you and me From his labors long ago came a better world I know And his love shall always be Through the blazing heat of summer and the chill of winter snow I will follow Dominique, in his footsteps I will go 
Dominique, Nica, Nica, I will follow Dominique. His burdens will I share. For his courage will I pray, his teachings to obey. His word shall be my prayer. Yes, yeah, yeah. The singing nun, singing nun herself. Yeah. Are you a practicing Catholic any longer? No. It's Kubrick's universe. We just live in it. We have taken very thorough precautions in this podcast against broadcasting anything which might only be attributed to human error. These guys aren't scientists. They're making it up as they go along. Thank you for listening to the Stanley Kubrick Podcast. Come back soon. It was real nice talking to you. Bye. Over and out. This show comes to you from the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society.